The Rating Room is a new weekly podcast hosted by Jay and Andy. In season one, we'll be re-watching and discussing one of the biggest movie franchises of all time. You can follow us on the usual social media channels by searching The Rating Room. You can also find more information on our website, www.theratingroom.com. And make sure to subscribe to The Rating Room wherever you find your favourite podcast. The Rating Room. Hello there, and welcome to Sweet Child of Time. I'm your host, Steve Barnes, and today we are going to be talking about Wheel of Time, Episode 8, The Last One, and I'm here with James, the Marshland Monster. Ahoy there, James. I see water and shade. Oh, can I? Oh, (laughs) James, you threw me through a loop already. Where are you seeing this water and shade, buddy? Do you have any today? Because I don't have any. Oh, I'm seeing the water inside of me because that's what we are in Stardust and the shade, uh, the reviews one star style. Also, the 10 star review that I have pulled for today throws a lot of shade. Yeah, I've got a little bit of shade. I I wrote down some remarks of my own that um, might be construed as negative. Uh, before we get into that though, yeah, water is going to be kind of hard to come by here, James. I'm kind of having the homeowner's blues right about right now. Our sewer line has, uh, has collapsed out in the yard. So if we want to continue making our little poo-poos go away, it's going to cost somewhere between six and $8,000 to get that going. So we're a little verklempt over here. Okay, well, you should look further into it because on an episode of The Deep Dive with Jessica St. Clair mm-hmm. and June Diane Raphael, Jessica St. Clair had pipe issues, mm-hmm. but then found out that because of the specific issue, it was on the city. But you work for like the water stuff. I'm guessing you already looked and like, hey, maybe the, this is on the city. Of course I have, yes. And um, yeah, we've already got put a camera through it, and we've already determined exactly where it's at and exactly the cause. Tree roots. So that's all on us. Um, boo! Yeah, boo-hoo, man. So I'm, I'm in kind of a downer mood today, and especially because we're, we're doing like the last episode of Wheel of Time. I don't know when season two starts. That's kind of a downer, too. Mm-hmm. But I'm glad we're going to be starting dark next week, man. I'm really psyched about that. Yeah, the, you're doing the Dark Man series that Sam Raimi started, right? <laughs> Clarification, we're doing the Netflix series entitled Dark from Darkways oh, Productions. I was excited to come back on for Dark Man 3. <laughs> well, I, I have made a plan to always do a weekly podcast from now on. And as mm-hmm. we know, there there's no hope of like a season two release date anytime soon. So I'm, if I have a week or two to, uh, to spare... I'm going to be calling you and Nate and seeing what you guys are up to if y'all want to do a little sweet shot of time shorty. I w- would love it, but also be like, hee 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 hee, if the, <laughs> d- like tomorrow, hey guys, season two, here's the release date, then you're like, I'm going to have to edit that out, I'll feel like I have egg on my face. <laughs> edit nothing, James, that's our new motto, edit nothing. Oh, you should edit most things, like pauses, us, whatever. You just, you just gave me three things to pause right, to edit right there. God damn it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, yeah, you have some review. Well, I, before we go into reviews, James, I said how I am. I'm doing badly. How are you doing, James? I'm doing fantastic. And guess what, listeners? How many listeners does this show get about? Um, With the Wheel of Time, about 50. 
Oh, oh, heck yeah. Well, 50 listeners, if you haven't dove in, well, let me tell a story real quick. Okay. I go for a walk this morning, and there's little libraries throughout. I usually check a couple of them because sometimes they'll have graphic novels, trade paperbacks, or just comics that either I read or I disperse to my friends who enjoy comics. Hmm. I go into one, and sometimes they'll like someone will be like, "Oh, I don't want these books anymore," and just throw in a series. I got a bunch of Dogman books and uh, other Dave Pilkey stuff. Cool. Very excited about that because I enjoy Captain Underpants and Dogman when I've read it. <laughs> And this one, I open it, and I'm like, whoa, man, there's some chunkers in there. I pull one out, and I'm like, oh, my God. This is a little Steve Barnes would appreciate this. <laughs> what it's the got? eye of the world. Oh, the book number one. That's like the most sought after one because it's the first in the series. That's a great condition too. Jesus. Uh-huh. Very good. I was like, dang, man. how's This is so chunky. How's my little arm going to fit this on <laughs> the... Dark Knight Returns and uh, Christ, uh, uh, Agatha Christie. I was going to say Christic, Christi, Christica Aggie. That's not it. I'm gaggy. I'm aggy. I'm Augie doggy. But that was pretty cool, right? Maybe we could, we'll do this as a giveaway. I would love to do that as a giveaway, James. Absolutely. Has that book even been cracked? It looks like crispy and brand new. It looks like it has had somewhere. What's the second one? And maybe if I were to guess, is it like The Great Hunt? Yeah, that's right. Well, yeah, that's because I got The Great Hunt as well. Oh, boy. Oh, my God. (laughs) So, like, I'm like, wow, man, I'm having to balance all of this. Luckily, uh, I had enough arm space, except. Except? The Dragon Reborn, you know? Oh, my gosh. That, we got oh, the Dragon Reborn there, guys. Those first three books are like the books. Those are that. I mean, they're all great, but getting back oh. to those first three, wait a second. So should I not have gotten the Shadow Rising as well? <laughs> James, you keep reaching behind you and you keep pulling out more books. Are these like in, in order? Oh, my God. They all The all Fire of Heaven. These are all in perfect condition. I'm seeing like barely. What I should have done is this. <laughs> like as it keeps going, I just put it in front of the camera. There's so many books we can't even see James anymore. I can see a Lord little bit of Chaos. Of, Lord of Chaos. <laughs> you can't, up. You can't there see it. It's James. there. It's there. Okay, I will. Okay, okay take a, take another peek. See at that cover of Lord of Chaos, and why don't you tell me what you see there? Because that is probably my, my favorite cover of any Wheel of Time book. It looks like it's Pat and Fane, but looking like Ran. Uh, he would have like a white blouse on that's kind of like unbuttoned. Yeah, Pat and Fane looking like uh, unbuttoned uh, <laughs> Rand. Yeah, like I those shoulders and like it looks like a romance novel cover to oh, me. Oh yeah, I mean it. I don't know. Are you still grabbing books? Are there? Is the whole a crown of swords? Oh, got some. Oh. <laughs> Goodness gracious. That's like a different series, it looks like. It looks like they went to like a different um, printing. But it also has a fold-out map in it. So, oh, no, I yeah, might have ripped it. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> but, yeah, these are the exact same um, series that I have, the paperbacks that were probably released sometime in the 90s. Late the Path 90s. of Daggers. He is going on and on and on. How many more are there after this? Um, that is book, what, seven or book Eight. Eight. That means there will be six more, seven more books after that one. 
Well, guess what, guys? We're going to do a giveaway of over half of the series because that's all that was there. Maybe I'll go back and see if there were actually any more because truly, you see how many books there are. I'm surprised I made it home without dropping a single one (laughs) because it's also very cold out, so I was bundled up. So what, you just had these all cradled in your arms, like not in a box or a bag? They were You were just, you know, freestyling it? Yeah, just in my arms. Luckily, the Agatha Christie graphic novel was very long and a hard uh. cover. So, yeah, guys, <laughs> uh, Steve, let me know. I guess you, if you want to handle it of like on Instagram uh, or anything – I will ship these out. Just send me an address to the listeners. Absolutely. I'm trying to think what we should do for this. I almost want to think like the <laughs> the first listener that asks for them gets them. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I want to make it a little more fun than that. But I mean, I think that might be what we go for. Yeah. Um, my head is spinning, James. I can't believe it. You, that is, what is that? You got eight books there. Is that right? Mm-hmm. So we're talking like a $50 value in your hands right there, my friend. Yeah, guys. If you bought them new, that is. If you bought them used, you know. (laughs) You want to see what it is on eBay selling for right now, a lot of the first eight? There's going to be a variation of prices depending on paperback, depending on font size, all kinds of stuff. I guess just look up paperback because those are the tour paperbacks, I take it. Yeah. Okay. Oh, it's looking like anywhere from, I don't know, oh wait, no, that's a bid, like uh, 45 plus shipping. I've got an idea. What's that? I'm pretty sure that, because I can tell like just by looking at the analytics that there's like a different set of listeners for the 1899 portions than there are for the Wheel of Time portions. Mm -hmm. I assume for these Wheel of Time portions, this 50 or so individuals, most of them have probably already read the books. Or own the books by, by that, you know. I would like to say that the first listener that we have that wants to read the books that has not read the books, that is a listener that deserves them the most. Because, yeah. you know, just give them to somebody that's going to, you know, turn around and just put them on their shelf next to their other ones. It that doesn't mean quite as much. There is a stipulation with this giveaway, though. We will send them once I'm done reading them. (laughs) (laughs) So in about 18 months. (laughs) You're like, no, James, uh, it's not a book written by a Hannah or Barbera or a comic (laughs) book, so you are not interested in reading it. Yeah, I I regret to say that um, I would like to tell you to go ahead and crack that sucker open and and just give it a shot, but... I already know your style. It's it's not an easy reading series. Um, it just isn't. I mean, it, it's a lot of detail, a lot of depth. Mm-hmm. Um, even just describing a tree can sometimes take three pages. So <laughs> it's it, his his editor, his wife, um, did not edit a word. She did not edit any pauses or ums that of that you know of. What if <laughs> like. There are times when I will edit a show and at the end, like engage with Nicolas Cage, you'll be listening to it and I'll be like, Nicole will say, James, you're taking so long like that. You said you wanted it to be short. And I'm like, no, Nicole, it's fine. The recording's only an hour 40. And you look and it's like, wait, but it's an hour like 17 on the podcast. What's up with that? Because I edit things that you wouldn't think to edit. Like Nicole thinking for 30 seconds of what her next 
Jack's note should be. <laughs> There's a lot of that in Engage with Nicolas Cage, but I take all that out. Sure. So there might be a lot that she actually did remove. <laughs> I did have a note on that of there's yeah. a lot of talk of, oh, the final battle is upon us. Yes. And then you're like, the last battle is here. 13 or 13,000 pages later. Man, that was a long last battle. <laughs> I wanted to talk about the deleted scene as well that I sent you earlier. But did you want to go into some reviews first or you want to go into this deleted scene? Let's go into the reviews. Okay. Because you said you had something like a one star and a ten star and everything in between. So I don't know what I want to hear first. I got three one stars and two ten stars. Okay, since you have more ones than tens, I like to hear one of those one star reviews. All right, and these are the shorter ones. Okay, cool. This is Jay Bruns says, this is a spectacular bad, or this is spectacularly bad, even from a non-book fan point of view. I refuse to believe adults wrote this, or that these people on screen are even paid actors. I've seen laughably bad series, but at least you could laugh at how bad it was. This is so much worse than that. It is actually depressing and I do let me go on to the next review because it has a sure. quick thing okay this is another one star review I believe they the title is like those fake straight to DVD movies from <laughs> couch from couch kick yeah couch kick 20 remember mm. when you would have trash straight to dvds <laughs> copies of big blockbusters with unknown cast in the cheapest special effects well here is the sharknado of lord of the rings okay what? i've brought this up before everyone's bars are so high and the fact that you've seen Sharknado I will say Sharknado is fantastic especially the third one oh my god it's amazing <laughs> but I saw Tara Reed take a like just this plank in Sharknado 5 I think mm -hmm. and then just start spinning around lazily going ah! And then start flying because she was spinning so fast. <laughs> that is bad. Yeah. This shit. Oh, but maybe she was directed to do that and maybe it's actually like good, bad. But th everyone's a good, competent actor here. Is Perrin whispering a little too much? Yes. Still, it's it's convincing and everyone's bar is so high. Watch, watch fart the movie and then come talk to me, okay? <laughs> I remember I saw you posted something about fart and I, I don't know if I wrote this or not, but I do remember renting that movie sometime Whoa. in the 90s or maybe it was the <laughs> 2000s. I don't remember much about it, but it was one of those movies we looked at every week, you know, when you're in the mm -hmm. video store and you pass and you oh, laugh yeah. at the cover and then we mm -hmm. eventually rented it. And I don't remember much about it, but we saw it. Nicole and I were laughing up a storm. <laughs> All right. One last bad review. It's from our boy. W.O.T. Purist. Oh, our friend again. Okay. Title of the review is, Don't ever give a one before the series is over. It's completely, I think this is a, tr like, this is just the last 
part of his review because some of these now that the series is done everyone thought I can write an essay now no, it's the same <laughs> shit you've been writing every single right. week yeah but they say it's completely separate from the books at this point you could say they were loosely tied to them up to this point it's all different now this is someone else's story and luckily you can stop watching it you sad individual like if wheel of time purist keeps watching this and keeps reviewing it it's on them this is not a bad work of art this is just someone wishing to be angry about something exactly yeah i feel the same way too um yeah you could i mean it's easy to turn something off but i guess it's more fun to crap on it just because you like the source material i suppose this isn't crapping on it this is being so vocally pissed off like there's a difference <laughs> between like razzing something and being like taking the piss out of it but this is just vitriol don't forget this was a concerted effort by many people to like crap on the show when it first was released which I believe, let's get to a review that brings this up. I believe it is 10 out of 10. If I could touch the one source, blank, 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 <laughs> or dot, 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 I should say, from Movie Buff 454. They say, if I could touch the one source, yes, if I could, I'd wipe the bad reviews from this board <laughs> and sentence all the whiners to live in the blight. It seems like I wrote this. Holy shit. <laughs> uh, pouting is so unattractive and whining about the series is the ultimate pout. And my brother just called me to tell me there was an online message board that is recruiting people, mostly young men, to come to this site and rate Wheel of Time poorly and to write mm-hmm. bad reviews. Some of these reviewers haven't even watched a single episode. Yikes. I don't like the sound of that. You should at least check it out before you review it. And mm-hmm. I don't know if it deserves a 10 star review, but I'm glad he did that simply to offset the one star, I think is what his uh, intentions were there. I, I took this as it's a woman. Hmm? I, I read this as as a woman reviewer. Oh, I, I don't even I didn't even mention gender, I don't think. Oh, you said this guy. Oh, OK. Well, yeah, this <laughs> that's what okay sorry about that but yeah i was like wait no i i could have swore you did you said it multiple times <laughs> all right one last review right. this is from hungor 10 out of 10 outstanding <laughs> first off the book fans need to get a grip with their hatred for this adaptation and its differences from the book and the fact that they're dumping one out of tens is just childish i love the books i love the tv show even with the differences Absolutely under, or absolutely outstanding finale, and I'll look forward to the next season and hope it will run for many more as planned. And recently, since the last time we talked, I believe, I watched Dragon Ball Evolution, which is something that I've just kept forgetting even existed. <laughs> it's a live action, uh, United States of America, Hollywood produced adaptation of dragon ball and ever like it has the lowest rating out of any movie i've ever rated <laughs> on letterboxd and again i have rated fart the movie <laughs> and i don't understand why because yes it is at points wildly different 
than the source material and yes like there are there's whitewashing of characters Mm -hmm. but the swings it takes outside of the whitewashing of characters that i is bad all the other stuff like changing the story and making just it feels like they're like hey we we can't just do a one for one okay let's just make this our own hell yeah i think that's what adaptation should do to make it feel like they're in their own universe and i'm hmm. i'm pissed that it didn't get more movies and sequels hmm gotcha i i'm hoping that the the season 2 will get some like some actual reviews of instead of just pure hate or pure love. Cause I think mm-hmm. these 10 out of 10 reviews, I mean, I appreciate them of course, being like a fan of the show. I think it's inaccurate though. And I think that they're given the 10, 10 just to offset the bad reviews. I'd like to give a little bit of my review right now. Um, if I were I will, to review it, hmm? I will say for previous episodes, I, I did read some like sevens that were like, hey, yeah. this is very good. Here are some things that I think should be better. And then later on, those people would be like, hey, they corrected those things. So I'll bump my seven up to an eight. And then oh. there were people who were like, hey, in all reality, this is a seven out of 10 show. But I I just need to do a 10 out of 10 yeah. to uh, counteractive these terrible reviews. I'm sure I would do that too, but I think that's probably what I would give this episode is probably a seven, maybe a 6.5. Some of the issues I had with it just straight up is, um, is the battle at the end with the Aes Sedai. You have five completely untrained Aes Sedai and they easily mm-hmm. took out like the largest army that anyone has ever seen. 60 fades, 10,000 Trollocs. Um, I think that was a poor, very poor plan and it was poor for the future. Because we're supposed to be really scared of all these fades and trollocs. And if all it Mm -hmm. takes is five untrained women to knock them out, then it's not really scary anymore. Nope. Um, I think that uh, the ending between Rand and the Dark One was a kind of unsatisfying and confusing confrontation. I didn't think it was a very great end to their story. I mean, I liked, um, you know, the, the Rand... Uh, I guess you would call it like the, the, the dream that he was forced into with Egwene. I liked all that, but the actual battle them itself was just confusing. And then in this episode, we also, um, the Perrin, I think that Perrin kind of was just walking around in circles this entire episode. Mm-hmm. And I think they could have given him a different job to do. They, I think they could have given him, I don't know, a better role, because all he basically did was chop up some concrete with those other guys, and then he saw Pat and Fane and walked in a circle. And I don't know, I kind of, it was a rewatch that made me notice that, because for this rewatch, I was going character by character and kind of writing down what each character did. And with Perrin, I didn't really have anything great to, <laughs> to, uh, to put there, so... And the end with Nynaeve and Egwene, that was very messy with Mm -hmm. Nynaeve dying and Egwene just randomly curing her out of nowhere, bringing her back from death. Her face is not even scarred. These are the issues that I had. Um, And I'm not going to write them in a review. I'm a podcaster, so they're right here. (laughs) Um, But I think these are the things that stop it from being like a 10 out of 10. Even so, I still loved it and I still had a great time with the characters and I enjoyed watching it. I watched it like uh, twice this time around and I've watched it two or three times in the past. So 
I don't hate it. All right. Well, here's my initial thoughts. Yeah. 10 out of 10. <laughs> I think Perrin had so much to do this episode. Oh, man. All the walking around in the blight and ran just asking pretty much the same question to what's-her-face at Meringue every single scene. Absolutely fantastic. All right. 10 out of 10. You heard it. Well, James, we have some... Deleted scenes. We got a new deleted scene this week. I believe that we discussed the Egwene deleted scene like months ago, like where she came out of the water with the Aes Sedai paint and she had all the different colors on her. Did we discuss that deleted scene already? Yes. Okay. So this new deleted scene just came out on the 21st and it's with Tamal Thor and Egwene having a little conversation in the village there. And did you get a chance to watch it, James? Yeah, and this was a 10 out of 10. It totally made sense, or it didn't make sense, why they would have made this a deleted scene. 10 out of 10. That Tam is such a zaddy. I want to get all over that. Um, A couple key things about this uh, deleted scene, which I thought were interesting. First off, we see him hand-making the lantern that he's going to later on, you know, put up for his wife, Mm -hmm. uh, which is a big difference from, you know, Matt, who bought some from Pedanthane. And I think that's where most people get them from is they, um, you know, they buy them or they use them from the ones from last year. It's cool that Tam makes a new one every year. Um, we know that Rand's mom, cause Rand, cause Tam asks Egwene what he remembers and she remembers the red hair and she remembers the blue eyes. So that's interesting. Um, you know, red hair is rare and Rand having red hair is rare. This makes me think did somehow Tigrain, who was fighting all those uh, all those guys, she got stabbed um, mm-hmm. pretty badly. Do you think that's like the same woman that Tam maybe have brought home to like Mother Rand? Well, no, don't they have like implanted memories or they have false memories or can't remember things properly? Um, some we kind of suspected that. Yeah, I mean, so not- I. Th- I think that's what's happening. But Egwene does remember her, though. Ran has, like, brief memories of her. I'm just wondering if, I'm just wondering if you think that that same woman, you know, came home, like, Tam that day when he found her and the baby. And, you know, men helped them, as she told Ran last episode. Do you Not think iffy it- memory. <laughs> so, I'm just wondering if it was the same woman if she lived and became you know Rand's mom for a short while until she passed away of course she passed away when he was young could be i don't know i think false memory false memories um uh, we learned that Egwene stayed with the althors for a while because that's one of the things tam is telling her is like you know she loved it when you came and stayed with us the time that the uh the wine spring inn burned down so just that offhand remark um at some point, you know, the, the, the wine spring in burned down at one point. That's a surprise. And Egwene had to stay with uh, Rand and Tam and the mom. So that probably is like where, you know, where their friendship probably started more than likely is like, you know, little Rand and little Egwene had to spend a few weeks together while the wine spring in got repaired. So in a way, you could say they're like brother and sister. They grew up as a brother and sister with a real sibling-type relationship. So why are they throwing it all away now with all this romance? I tell you. Yeah. (laughs) 
Uh, Tam asks her to be gentle with his heart because he's all I have left, which is kind of sweet. And later in this episode, we see Egwene go up to Rand and talk to him on the hilltop. Like we see that in episode one. Mm -hmm. So this implies that they, that Tam and Egwene had this little conversation and he was telling her, you know, a clean cut is best, a ragged cut, no good. Egwene then went up to the mountain to talk to Rand and, and was like, basically laying it down for him. Like, I think I'm going to be a wisdom. Like, I think she kind of listened to what Tam told her and took it with her to have that next conversation with Rand. Mm -hmm. I think they could have left it in. Uh, They probably did not leave it in because of the comments about the red hair of the wife. And that's kind of confusing. But other than that, I like the scene. Now this guy, Michael Mechel Hatton, I think is his name. He plays the evilest, worst dude ever in like game of thrones so to see him in to see him in a role like this this is the only two roles i've seen him in game of thrones and this and they're just two total opposite dudes and i like that a lot and that is the end of the deleted scene discussion james yay yay did you have anything about that Nah, nah well, before we go to break, James, I want to remind everybody about the parody challenge that's happening over there at the What Up podcast, and it's also happening at Unraveling the Pattern. They got a website for it called whatidol.com, W-O-T-I-D-O-L.com. James and myself submitted a song for that parody challenge. We can't share it before, beforehand. But I think it's on April 4th is when they're going to do their live stream and they're going to have everybody to vote on the best parody song. So we would appreciate any Sweet Child of Time listeners to check that out. And if you like our stuff, to vote for me and James. Why the heck not? Technically, it's only Steve. I just mixed the song. Yeah, I I was kind of hoping James would rap in there because he is a rapper extraordinaire. But he just did the mixing and the producing and I did the... The, uh, yeah, the other stuff. (laughs) I wouldn't have been able to do it as good as you. That doesn't make any sense whatsoever. I wouldn't have been able to do the cadence and whatnot that you're doing. Gotcha. Okay, that makes sense. Because I was going to say, James, (laughs) you are a great rapper and I am just a dumb old man. So (laughs) don't, don't, please don't say that. Anyway, uh, we're going to go to break and we'll be back with our rewatch of episode eight. Literally anything the individual imagines can be produced within a few clicks. And so it's that novelty that drives this tremendous search for variety. Finish me off for a dollar. While I finish this, I voila. Firefox is the browser. Fucking A, it's crowded in my trousers. I saw you sitting on a Chevy. The sight of that made my dog have it. The do-ron, ron, the do-ron Doodle in my slacks, udon Ooh-la-la-la, la Come on, Eileen, toora Toora, loora, toora, loora A-OK computer And you'll hum this tune forever And it'll make your life better And no matter the weather And the red, 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 red my horn bone inflates quickly Between hard-ons it looks sickly When wet it's slippery Solid old fucking hickory 
Finish me all for a dollar. While I finish this odd voila. Firefox is the browser. Fucking hey, it's crowded in my trousers. I saw you sitting on the Chevy. Side of that made my dong heavy. The Duran, Ron, the Duran. Noodle in my slacks, ooh, don. Ooh la la la, ooh la. Come on, Eileen, Dura. Dura, Lura, Dura, Lura. A-OK computer. And you'll hum this tune forever. And it'll make your life better. And no matter the weather. We are back. We were listening to Odd Walla by Marshland Monster and Dragon Boy Suede. And there's Marshland Monster sitting right there. Hello again, James. I found water and shade. <laughs> I'm so happy for you. I'm glad you make a mockery of my, uh, my taglines. Uh, so yeah, we rewatched episode eight again, and I'm going to be going pretty much character by character instead of scene by scene here for our discussions. And the first thing we got is yet another cold open with the original dragon, Luz Theron Telemon in Latra, I think is her name, Latra. She's well, the, wait. the Amarillan seat. Yes. How is he the original? They said he was the dragon reborn. Mm-hmm. So wouldn't it have to be the dragon born? <laughs> yeah, if he's a dragon reborn, well, he is... In our story, he's—I don't know, James. It's that's because that's, that's to, that was my first note. Who's the dragon born? That's a, that's a question for Twitter. I think. I think you got another topic on your hands here that you could. Uh, <laughs> who's take the, to the dragon? Media's. Who's the dragon born identity? The first dragon that we know about is this guy. So, book readers as well. So, this is a dang good question, James. This is why we got you on the podcast to ask All these right. questions. The dragon born. Who is he? Did you have any comments about this first scene? Uh, yeah, the Dark One's been manipulating man, uh, like, f- just <laughs> been manipulating for more power uh, constantly. Like, we yeah. see this Dragon Reborn goes and he's like, hey, man, I- I'm going to take you down, but something went wrong. He succumbed to madness, and I think... Is that just the recurring theme? And kind of what's his face might have done that. Like he actually, no, Rand totally did that. He succumbed to at least what I think in my mind mm-hmm. of I'm the dragon and I'm going to protect all my friends. It's me alone who can do this. No, nah, dude, it should have been everyone. Uh, it's always better with friends, bitch. That is true, but Moraine did kind of stick that whole, you know, caveat in there that anybody else going is not going to make it back. So I think that kind of scared all his friends away. No, they were all ready to go. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's true. That's true. Man. Well, I don't know, James. Um, I don't know. The dragon could do his thing. And yeah, it kind of does seem like Rand kind of played into the dragon's plan the whole time. Mm -hmm. Totally did. But we're talking about the original LTT here, this little baby there in the spaceship world. It looks like they're in the future, but of course they're in the past. Um, Yeah, this particular scene. Anything else to go on here, James? Oh, real quick. This is slightly... Remember when we started this, I thought the Wheel of Time was... Um, <laughs> why can't I remember the science fiction thing now? A Wrinkle in Time? Mm-hmm. 
Guess what was also in with all those other books? A Wrinkle in Time. Did you grab it? I did not. I almost did so I could show it to you, but it was for real there. I was telling you about the, um, I was telling the listeners too about the subreddit, the Wetlander Humor subreddit. Mm -hmm. And just for a good example of, you know, the kind of humor that you find on there, somebody did a post recently and it was like, I've watched the TV show and I like it. And I'm on this subreddit all the time and I like Wheel of Time. It seems cool, but how exactly do you get on the Wheel of Time? Is it hard to get on? And so, you know, a lot of people <laughs> went along with that theory. I suggested a, a helmet and a seatbelt so you can stay in place um, if you want to try to get on that Wheel of Time. But I don't know. Wetlander humor is some good stuff, even, even I if heard, they hate the shows. I heard it's just like make sure you live in Los Angeles and you have a better <laughs> chance of getting on the Wheel of Time. Basically, yeah. Los Angeles or New York, one of the two. Or Chicago, Number three, you're right there, baby. Wait, is that, but it's filmed, I'm talking about the Wheel of Fortune that's filmed oh, in. Uh, <laughs> filmed in uh, where? Los San, Angeles. San, Ban- San Bernino or whatever it is. Well, probably Burbank. Burbank, that's what I was thinking of. It's Actually, I, I pulled this open recently. I think it is Burbank. Or Studio City. <laughs> well, I wasn't talking about Wheel of Fortune anyway. I was totally talking about the Wheel of Time. But at any rate. Um, yeah, I'm going to go on to our next two characters. I guess these are the ones that didn't do much, which is Perrin and Egwene. Just wanted to reiterate that they are all right now, that they had that conversation. Perrin's doing okay. Egwene's doing okay. He's comforting her. I'm glad to see the kids are in an okay place now. It was a little awkward last, last episode. Did you have any comments about Perrin and Egwene? Just Perrin at the end. Well, let's go into Perrin then. Um, what do we got here about Perrin? Perrin helps to get the Horn of Valer out, and he's the one who circles and finds Padden Fane. And Padden Fane explains it all to us at the very end here, explains it to Perrin. I like the kind of logic he lays down. I wanted to like actually get some quotes of that whole Padden Fane speech because he said a lot of really important stuff in there. Mm-hmm. But what do you got going on with Perrin? Just really the irony of Pat and Fane saying, "Oh well, Rand is the dragon." I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think that's the truth, baby. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, he laid it out pretty well. He did say that Rand is the dragon, but it's all five of you. He mm-hmm. did he did make that caveat too. But he didn't exactly say that they were all part of the dragon. He just said that that Rand needs all of you or something along those lines. I think it's a case when your mind is so like, well, the dragon can only be one person. Right. We've only like that's the only thing it's ever been. Mm -hmm. And we've heard of this five headed dragon because Meringue says a, a a bard told her. But we don't know like that could have been implanted into her or maybe she just heard that from not a bard like from a reliable source and she is oh but she couldn't she she couldn't lie lie. she can't lie unless that reliable source was originally a bard who became an Aes Sedai or someone larger than that that would work absolutely would work because uh, a blue or a librarian, I forget which is the <laughs> two, would start out as – what are they called? What are who called? The bards. Oh, um, the gleeman. 
Yeah, I the, like you could totally see a Gleeman becoming an Aes Sedai in that sense. Um, if it was a female Gleeman, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, obviously, it's the, <laughs> of course it is. That's the only thing we've ever known. What, female Gleeman? No, female Aes Sedai. Yes. Well, until this episode anyway, this they started this episode talking about dude Aes Sedai. What? <laughs> well, that's something? what I'm saying. Like, huh? if you only think of like, oh, the... Even if there are like this five-headed dragon, well, we have to signify one as – or like when you start a company and it's like, well, technically we all own the company. It's like, oh, we made it with five friends. Well, one of us needs to be the, in quote CFO. One of us right. needs to be the CEO just for legalities. I think that's what everyone's going to think like. Well, for legalities, who is the main head of the dragon? We will call him the dragon. The others are just <laughs> also the dragon, but not like the dragon. Right. And it looks like all signs are still pointing to Egwene because, like, they had her completely heal Nynaeve at the very end there. And she brought Nynaeve back from death, which is something that Nynaeve was not able to do because she couldn't bring Karene back from death. At any rate, we're talking about Pat and Fane here. He has the dagger and the horn. Like, he made off with that horn at the very end. Uh, you must have noticed that. Did you notice mm-hmm. the dag- the dagger at his I belt? Did. Yeah, they didn't show us how he obtained that, but he got it somehow. Maybe there's some dark friends within the hallowed halls of the Aes Sedai <laughs> White Tower. It seems inevitable, but those I don't know. It's 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 kind of like there you know, the way we thought like back in the 70s or 80s, but he's a police officer. He's got to be a good guy. He's got, you know, the, mm-hmm. the old school way of thinking. So who else we got here? Of course, we got Loyal. He didn't do too much for us this episode either, but he helped to get that horn out of it. Oh, he spot. did a lot. Well, yeah, he uh, if it wasn't for him, Perrin probably would have still been sitting there in that cell pouting the whole time. Yeah, and that dagger wouldn't have been all covered in blood. <laughs> That's right. He did some stabbing. He got some stabbing action going on. And I think it's I think it's really interesting how it totally looks like he's dead. And like it shows like Pat and Fane even does like one like, you know, heavy thrust at the very end there too to like kind of make his point. But nobody is under the impression that Loyal's dead. I was initially, but then someone said, meaning you, was like, yeah, man, he's in more episodes. I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> well, I mean, this television show, like the like the Wheel of Time, Amazon Prime, will announce these things. Like, Loyal's coming back. They announced, like, a, an Aes Sedai named Shiriam, who's a pretty major player in the books, that she's going to be in the series. Um I don't know if you consider that spoilers or not, do you? I guess it is kind of spoilers. To someone who doesn't read, but I'm glad he's back because also it's the case of, well, this man's huge. He probably has thicker hide. Like, yeah, he's going to be bleeding, but it's not like in Scream 5 when there was a character's death where you're like, oh, but he'll come back and then, or, uh, okay, you want to know what they, you know it's a he. And then... (laughs) Just right when you're like, well, he'll be back. Ghostface just 
does like this huge gnarly like stab in and just like kind of guts him and it's like oh no he's not coming back like there wasn't that moment of <laughs> right. seeing just blood everywhere trickling sure. out yeah and these guys are supposed to have like leather leathery hide that's really hard to get mm-hmm. through so like tree bark basically um, and that's a tiny ass dagger and plus, we're, we're in a phase now in our television viewing and our TV shows where a show like Game of Thrones, where a young woman like Arya Stark can get stabbed six times in the gut, thrown into a sewer, and then she still lives. <laughs> like, I was planning on watching that never. You Spoiler. Were never planning on watching that. <laughs> yeah, Game that's what I said. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it was it, it was ridiculous the way that that storyline turned about, and she lived from that stabbing. So we know Loyal is going to be living too. All right, Nynaeve and Lan. Um, Nynaeve reveals the uh, Moraine's tell to Lan, which is again, if I was one of these people that were given this one star reviews, I would be like. Why does Nynaeve have to tell Lan what Moraine's tell is for tracking? Wouldn't Lan notice that Moraine is leaving something behind that can be tracked if he's the master tracker? No. No? Okay. <laughs> well, they say goodbye, and I love this scene. This is the one, this is the guy who gives uh, Wheel of Time 10 out of 10s. Absolutely love the scene where Nynaeve and Lan part ways. Um, some might say it's corny. I do not. I love every moment of it. That's that's the kind of thing I'm watching this show for. This has one of the best romantic phrases coming from a man to a woman, which is, and this is all serious. I do. I'm like, wow, everyone writing this just creamed their jeans and then was like, oh boy, we got to take the day off because Lan says, I will hate the man you choose because he's not me, but will love him if he makes you smile. Heck yeah, dude. I mean, why can't it be Lan? Come on, Lan. You're the man for Nynaeve. We all know it. Well, I mean, now she's kind of open to do that now. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You're right. I mean, that's the line that got me as well. Uh, 10 out of 10. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. All right. Oh, did you have anything else with Nynaeve and Lan before I go to another Nynaeve pair? Oh, no. That's literally all I have. The rest of my <laughs> notes are for Rand. Okay. Well, before we get to Rand, we got um, Egwene and Nynaeve. First off, they're li- listening to the wind like the old school days, or at least Egwene is. And she hears all those trollocs. <laughs> and... I don't know. This is where I was going to say that we're leaving these two women. They're allegedly alive. (laughs) I just, I just can't get past this scene, James. It's, it's, it's one of my sticking points. I did not like the scene with the five Aes Sedai defeating the Trollocs and Amalissa can't let go of the power because she loves it too much or it's too much power. And Egwene, I mean, Nynaeve dying here. I just got bad feelings about it. I, I wish I could be more verbose about it, but I don't, I don't think I should be. I think, I think enough said. So I watch a YouTube channel by Mac, Matt McMuscles called What Happened, and it generally focuses on video games with tumultuous 
development periods of like wow like what happened to make it this right okay. like and it there's a lot of stipulations of like wow it's surprising that this game even worked with all of the bullshit behind the scenes having to happen so you have to think of this episode with that well what yeah. happened here why are there only five well we know because of covid protocol yeah. it's not like they were going to delay this show anymore they couldn't or, or i should say delay the filming could they have you know tried well no you couldn't because during the beginning phases of filming in beginning of pandemic or mid pandemic pre vaccine was a lot of, Hey, we need people we can depend on mm -hmm. to make sure that they're not going to go out of the bubble and we can, we mm -hmm. can't add to the bubble because then that's only going to be harder to contain that bubble. Sure. It, it like literally when you start blowing a bu piece of bubble gum, <laughs> Oh, you, Oh, it, that's fine. That's fine. Oh, Oh no, it's about to blow. Oh, it's about, okay. <laughs> and I think we should keep that in mind of we could only have five, maybe scale back the Trolloc army a little bit. And then you could be like, okay, well, this makes a little more sense. Or just say like, all these people are kind of on the same caliber of channeling. And it really seems like, like we know Egwene and Nanive, we know their history with channeling. Make the other two people who are just randos very good at channeling. Not right. like, well, I just have a little trickle. <laughs> I agree. And we know most of this power is probably coming from Nynaeve and Egwene because mm -hmm. Melissa explained that she doesn't have much and the other two ladies don't either. But thank you, James, for going into that for me. Um, we do have a couple of cameos came up in here. We got Uno. He's the guy who with the eye patch on who helps break out the Horn of the Lear, um, which I'm glad he was included. I think he died in that scene, though. I, I think so. Was, I hope he was just wounded because I want to see more of Uno. He's he's a good character, and I like him because of the eye patch. You know, I got one eye as well, so I I have a lot of affinity for anybody with an eye patch. Wait, what? You know, I have the macular degeneration in one eye. I'm blind in one eye. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, okay, well, I wrote about it a while back on my uh, my Substack, and yeah. I just thought you knew it. So yeah, for the listeners, yes, I have macular degeneration, which is supposed to come about in someone's life when they're in their 70s or 80s. And it occurred to me when I was in my 40s due to stress. And so one of my eyes uh, just slowly but surely started getting grayer and grayer. So I couldn't, if I close my right eye and try to look out my left eye, all I see is a big gray blur. Ah. Like I can still see like in my peripheral vision, I can still see like, you know, things over there and things over there, but anything I'm looking dead at, like a computer screen, a book or something like that. If I'm driving down the road and I close my right eye, all the cars in front of me disappear into this gray haze. Mm -hmm. It's scary. Um, so yeah, anytime somebody with an eye patch or somebody with an eye disorder or a blind person, I don't know. I relate with them. I, I, I'm not blind by any means. I mean, I'm legally blind in one eye, but, uh, you know, it's something that I share. Your favorite of the Gorgonites is Oculus. Uh, absolutely. And my favorite. Ocula. My favorite X-Men is Cyclops. Uh-huh. And let's see. Talked about Uno. Agomar, our boy Agomar. Um, talk about heroes like Lan. This guy knows Lord Agomar is who I'm talking about with the rave with the raven on his back. Mm -hmm. Absolute hero. He knows he's not going to make it through this battle. He knows they're not going to win. 
but he's willing to fight it anyway. So that's, that's a great thing. And it looks like he got ran through with a spear at the end there, but just like loyal, we don't actually see any blood spewing out. We don't see his eyes close. We just kind of leave him right there. So I'm hoping we see more of Lord Agomar later. Doesn't look likely, but hopefully so. Is Maybe there, as a Jedi ghost. Yeah, Force ghost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, before we talk about random rain, then, did you have anything else that we skipped over you wanted to go into? Nope. All right. So, Randon Moraine, they're our last crew. Um, going into the Blight, she cut off that, uh, what do you call it, the bond that she has with Lan. Mm-hmm. So, she's out there, you know, freewheeling it, no bond with Lan whatsoever. Um, that's kind of a risky move, but that's what she does. Oh, oh, real quick, when you asked, oh, shouldn't Lan have known her tell, it's one of those things where when you are so... close to someone you don't notice their fault and i think that it also like he is constantly looking ahead and trying to make sure she is safe he wouldn't be like trying to be like well what's she up to no he knows where she's at and he needs to make sure the perimeter is secure okay that makes sense and also we're we're trying to get um the gist that you know we think land is just like this great warder but he meets Nynaeve and realizes that, you know, he could be better. I think the gist is that Nynaeve is just straight up a better tracker. She's just mm-hmm. a, a better warrior. Um, straight up. Sorry, Lan. It, <laughs> it could also be uh, Meringue is constantly letting out little toots and he is just so <laughs> used to that scent of yeah. her. And she's like, oh, she being naive goes, oh, no, I smell that lady. <laughs> smell the toot of a highborn. <laughs> uh-huh. All right. Um, oh, yeah. We get Rand say something to, uh, I know we're not doing a recap, but at any rate, Rand says to Moraine, you thought it'd be Egwene. And I thought that Rand was talking to you because you think it's Egwene, the dragon. Um, well, you think it's a five-headed dragon these days. Yes. But I do think looking at this series many times that it looks like they're trying to lead you to believe that it's Egwene, even though mm-hmm. all signs point to Rand and they even say it's Rand. They're still trying to drop you hints that it's Egwene. My first note for this was they see this man taken by the blight and Mm -hmm. Rand goes, what happened to him? Isn't it obvious, man? Mushrooms became him like (laughs) that. You can see that. Yes. Thought that was a little silly myself, too, especially because we saw in the last episode that he passed by another skeleton and didn't say anything about that guy. So why is he picking this guy to talk us about? Mm hmm. Um, let's see. He eventually meets the dark one, of course. And we get the flicker flicker, which is flicker flicker is key for whenever the dark one or whenever somebody in the wheel of time sees an alternate reality version. Uh, It's what we call a flicker. So I was thinking about some flickers that we might see in your life, James. We might, you might see a flicker one day. The dark one might flash at you like a different reality where perhaps, you're the one who is the artist and works in the comic book shop. And Nicole is the one who does the podcast and, and, and the rapping. That could be like an alternate reality for you guys. Or maybe um, in an alternate reality, um, your two cats are actually two dogs. And you have Ugh. dogs in your house. And you love dogs in this alternate Ugh. reality. 
Um, <laughs> I was thinking of another alternate reality, James and Nicole, where you guys are like some some square normies out in the suburbs, and you. God, you, I wish you did all you did all the uh, the the. Oh, you wish this now. You did of all the, the, the breeding stuff where you have a bunch of kids and a backyard okay, and all that stuff. No, it's, it could be still I if I could give up this rapping bullshit out <laughs> of my mind or this like, hey, I, I need to succeed at this thing that I've been doing for over half my life. Right. Oh, my God. Would I be so much happier? <laughs> I think that about myself sometimes, too. It's like I'm, I'm I like myself, but I oftentimes wish that I was not myself so mm-hmm. I could achieve happiness. I don't know how that works. <laughs> Rand's flicker flicker, though, is uh, him and Egwene with a little baby. I love the baby. And this is probably the baby that men saw in her vision when we saw Rand with a baby, I guess. That's the only payoff I can think of, right? Maybe. That Rand was tempted. He's got four other love interests coming his way, you know? That's right. He does have five. I don't know. (laughs) I still know where they got that five number from. I'm still confused. And just like, you know... Uh, he needed to dump all his energy into this world that he's in. He'll be dumping his uh, white seeded energy into Ooh. these ladies. <laughs> oh, maybe that's the f- the the other dra- like the other four heads of the dragon are um, his seed. Mm. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> what if what if that's what we get? Is <laughs> the next is like I'm gonna be? I have four pregnant women by my side, and the dragon reborn will be through them. It would be a different turning of the wheel. That sure would be. <laughs> I'd love it. The dark one looks at Rand like he's a fool all the time, and Rand is kind of acting the fool this whole time. Mm -hmm. I'm glad this is not the last battle. I think this is great that this is the first battle because I think we're going to see a a pretty different Rand, I would hope, during the last battle. Because this one, he's just kind of stumbling through. Um... And this is not a fault of the show. I'm just thinking about Rand as a character. Just not the brightest guy and not going about the best tactics here and just a bit too... In his own confusion and in his own mm-hmm. head. Which we should, real quick, uh, Meringue gives him that talisman thing and says, yeah. oh, this will make any uh, one who touches <sighs> okay, the, yeah. the, the one source, it will increase by 100-fold. Well, guess what? 100-fold of one is still only 100. <laughs> yep, that little thing was called a... Say Angriel. And yeah, that's something else that's interesting too, is like the the unwavering faith that Moraine has in Rand at this point. Mm-hmm. She's handed him this talisman. Um, he's never tried it out before. I would think they should at least go on a target range and try it out a little bit before she just and then he's like, What do I do? Um, I've never done this before. Oh, you'll know when it's time. Yeah. That's not really setting Rand up for success, in my opinion. Uh-uh. Also, <laughs> here's two more reasons to think, like, this is five of them are needed. We have, first, when he sees in the dream, the dark one, he says, wow, you don't look familiar, but, like, I can see, like, a hint of you behind you, uh, the hint of him behind your eyes, mm-hmm. meaning, like, oh, I... I 
you're not fully there, but something is. And then when they get to the eye of the world or where, wherever they are, he, the, he, Meringue says, oh, you said you remember this. And he's like, it's like I'm missing pieces to this puzzle and I can't put it all together. Well, guess what? You're probably missing four pieces. <laughs> Exactly. I kept saying, I was like, yeah, you're probably missing four pieces, you dumb bitch. And Nicole's like, you got to stop saying dumb bitch to this man, to this character. go <laughs> but my final note on this is we we can clearly tell that this was the dark one's goal all along yeah which was to like hey i want you uh, someone who is probably just going to act very emotionally in this which is like oh i'm just gonna blast you real quick but the seal underneath him is broken and uh uh-oh this man can probably move a little more freely and you see him as he like dissolves away he gets a little smirk on his face he does and that's why i think that kind of ran played right into his hands all the guy needed was a nice big mega blast of something to break that seal Mm -hmm. and now he's free um 
Yeah, head on. I, I don't know if we picked up on that the first watch through, did we? No, because I don't think I had the like, oh, the Dark One was playing all of them this entire time, Meringue especially. Yeah, even more so her because she's going to lead them. And you know that her intentions are well, because when mm-hmm. even if you don't believe that she's an Aes Sedai, even if you believe that she's a dark one or a dark friend or whatever, when the Mock and Shin came through, like those were her thoughts that we heard and that was her fear. So we know that she is on the side of good just based on that alone. Mm-hmm. So that kind of gave us a glimpse just to let us know that she's not a dark friend. She's not lying. She's still doing her thing. But season one in the rear view, James, we're going to be watching season two pretty soon. Um, Yeah. Was that all our notes for the episode, by the way, before I go on this uh, rambling? Yeah, that's it. All right. Because next week I'm pulling in Lindsay Dunn. We're going to be doing some recaps of dark. Like I said before, I'm very nervous about this, not just because of the show, because the show deals with a lot of quantum physics and quantum mechanics and a lot of um, intense emotions and it's a, it's a pretty deep show, but I'm also doing this with a, with a film critic that has already recapped all these shows before. So I'm going to be playing the fool here, James. <laughs> That's my biggest fear, but this is what Lindsay wants to do. She's done her written recaps. She wants to do some verbal recaps, get some podcasts out there. So that's what we're going to do. Sweet Child of Time, in addition to one of my stories, it's going to be a double dip podcast. Hell yeah. But how about you, James? You got any plugs this week? Hey, guys, head over to patreon.com forward slash MLM pod because you're going to help if you join. On April 15th, I'm doing a Patreon pledge stream, meaning I we I'm trying to get to 40 patrons and that day either we get to 40 patrons that's when the stream will end or when i just straight up pass out like when i'm just like (laughs) spent for the day it starts at 9 a.m central time and it will go until either that 40 patrons or i i pass out i'm going to assume based on just my life and in the arts as it is i'm going to pass out like straight so, up, how long do you think it'll take you? Like tw- like twelve hours or less to pass out? Yeah. Oh, like you start at I'm, nine a.m. Yeah. So I don't know. Twelve, like nine, ten, eleven, twelve, like fifteen hours. Woo! Oh my gosh! And sweet shot of time, listeners can be a big help here. I'm already a patron of James's. I'm gonna be checking out this stream anyway, just because I I like his stuff, but I can't become a patron because I already am one. That mm-hmm. means we need you guys to become patrons of Marshland Media Network, of Marshland Monster. How exactly can they, I mean, we want to do this for the uh, for the live stream, obviously. Oh, I'm fine with people starting right now. <laughs> yeah, because the, the number is 40, right? That's what yeah. you're trying to get to. So and how, can- hey, dollar patrons, that adds to the amount. But if you want actual content more than just like some of my songs and polls, you're going to want to do the $5 that gets you weekly content. It's real fun. Uh, Steve's been on. All my friends are there. So go check it out. Patreon.com forward slash MLM pod. April 15th on Mostly Speaking Sentai. Mostly Speaking Sentai on Twitch, YouTube, and Facebook. That's where we'll be streaming. 
Good deal, man. I wish you much luck. I know you're going to do it, James. You almost always make your goal. I think you do always make your goals, don't you? Not on my own things, on Nicole's stuff, absolutely. (laughs) That's what I'm talking about. Well, we need to get James to meet his goal. Nicole, are you listening to me? Help James out here. Get your friends in the comic shop to be patrons. Nicole (laughs) will not be home, so if I pass out, I don't know. Who knows? We all need to watch to keep an eye on James, make sure he's safe. Well, James, thanks for recording with me again, and I know that I'll be doing this with Lindsay weekly from now on, but I hope I'll be seeing you every now and then. We'll be seeing you season two for sure. Mm-hmm. So in the meantime, James, I'll be listening to your podcasts. I'll be checking out MLMPod.com. I'll be going to Patreon.com forward slash MLMPod. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, I said it right. And until next week, everybody and James, I hope you all find some water and shade. Chips Ahoy! Bye-bye! Bye!